Hi, my name is Colin Cook, and you're listening to a public podcast. If you want more information about anything going on here at Public Church, visit our website, publicchurch.com. Thanks for listening. If you like coffee, this is called foreshadowing. Your mouth should be watering about right now. So this is just to engage you, so you'll pay attention for the whole talk. Now, thank you guys for being with us today. It's been a great morning so far. Love baptisms and any time we get a chance to do that. And what we're going to do today is we're starting a new series called Poured Out. And if you've been around for a while, this may sound familiar because this time last year, we did a series called Poured Out, and it really just went so well that as I prayed about it, our leadership, we really felt like God leading us to make this an annual series. So today we're revisiting that, and what that means is for the next three weeks, we're going to be discussing what it means to live a poured out life. And here's how we're defining a poured out life. It's a life marked by generosity towards and sacrifice for others. So that's what we want to be talking about. And so to get us started, we're actually going to take a trip down memory lane and discuss one of our core values that motivates us. So last year during this series, during the 530 gathering, we invited Josh and Julia Morrison, Hudson, who used to all got baptized, Lincoln, um, Judah, Cole, all of them. We prayed for them because they were in Texas pursuing the adoption of their new sister and daughter, Nis Nation. Now, for those of you who have participated in adoption or foster care, you know that this is the essence of a life marked by generosity towards and sacrifice for someone. Because when you adopt, when you foster, you can't just turn that off. You can't just clock out. I mean, that is every moment of every day. And so what we did last year is even though they were in Texas, we prayed over them. A whole lot of us got out our phones and we set a reminder to pray for them and some other families every day at two o'clock. So for me, that time has changed, but still every day a reminder goes off to pray for them. And just before we go on with their story, I'd love for us to read our core value that centers around prayer. And let's read this together. Ready? Go. We depend on God's limitless power through prayer. Now, if you don't follow Jesus, I understand that you may not believe in prayer. And some of you who follow Jesus, you may be frustrated with prayer and feel like, is God even hearing me? Or perhaps you just never prioritized it and and, and made it a habit in your life. Well, I think One of the issues is we don't always answer the question of why do we pray? Well, know that the reason we pray is that we are asking Jesus to do what we cannot. That prayer is an opportunity for us to actively and intentionally depend upon God and for him to display his limitless power. So what we did is we prayed both in the gathering and beyond the gathering for the Morrisons, for their daughter nation, and I'd love to give you guys an update. So the Morrison family, they said there's five words that describe the process of walking through adoption. The first word is mystery. See, Josh and Julia knew from before they were married that adoption would be part of their story. And so they were just waiting for the opportunity to arise. But about three years ago, God spoke into their lives and said, hey, it's time to repair. And so they began preparing. The second word is chosen. They actually fostered for a season, and so there were dozens of opportunities for them to adopt a child, but God didn't give them the go-ahead until they heard about Nation, and from the moment they heard about her, they knew that she was their girl. The third word is compromised. That was the word that was told to them. They heard words like impaired, chair-bound, surgeries, 
And then her life circumstances uh, just led to more words, unknown, addiction, incarceration, and others. Yet, with all of this information, the most important word was her name. It was nation. And they knew that nation was their girl. And then the word redeemed. The fact is that God changed her story. From the moment Nation left the hospital, she was covered by prayer, like a literal team of people committed to pray for her well-being. And because of them, new words introduced were introduced into her story, words like foster, nurture, dedication, rehabilitation, and love. And then, adoption. We prayed for them in November of 2017. And on March 1st, 2018, they brought Nation home. Can we praise Jesus for that? And we've got a couple pictures that are going to be on the screen. Check out these pictures. So first of all, this is from November 1st of this year when all the legalities were taken care of and she was officially a Morrison. And so over the course of 2018, Big changes have happened. Now her conversations are filled with words like schedule, therapy, progress, healing, milestones. And her circumstances are characterized by words like dad, mom, bubba, laughter, joy, and more. And on this day, they heard a judge say words like promise, family, and covenant over their beautiful girl. So if you're wondering why we pray, We pray because God can do what we cannot. In the midst of tremendous legal hurdles and circumstances that none of us could fully understand that they went through, God grew their family through adoption and brought nation home to her parents. And by praying, we asked Jesus to do what we couldn't, and he did it. So would you guys welcome the Morrison family up to the stage and just love on them? Big day for them. Come on up. You don't be scared. I'm not going to hit you in front of everybody. Later, though. You're going to watch me. So if you guys want to come close, man, Nation is adorable. Lincoln and Cole, they're, they're on a student retreat with our students right now. But, I mean, we're seeing a miracle before our eyes. And, and Nation is just phenomenal. And so here's the thing. We don't stop praying just because she's here. <laughs> We continue to pray that God would use her and use this family in ways that we can't even imagine. So would you join me in praying that for this family? Jesus, I thank you so much for adoption. I thank you for Nation's story. I thank you for the words that have been spoken over her and the hope that you have brought to her. I praise you for this family opening up their home. I mean, they're incredible, and I pray that you would help us to learn from them. And I pray that as nation grows, that she would just be an incredible lady who honors you and points people to you, Jesus. And let this whole family do that. We thank you, Jesus, for doing what we could not. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you get up for this family one more time? Love you guys. awesome. Now, before we go any further, I have a question. Um, If you just showed up today to sleepwalk through the 1130, you're going to be uncomfortable because we have some more things to celebrate. Can you guys celebrate a little bit more? Okay. If you want to fall asleep, then sorry, the rest of us are going to have a good time. So here's the thing. It's not just the Morrisons that we prayed over. Last year in a 930 gathering, we prayed for the Kerr's family. 
And you know what happened to them? We actually featured them in our 930. Here's some pictures. They went to South Korea, and they got their son Silas. We are family. Isn't that an awesome shirt? I mean, absolutely incredible. Here's a picture from his third birthday. I mean, it's amazing what Jesus did. So again, they stood on this stage without Silas this morning. Because of God, they stood on the stage with Silas. And then, tonight at the 5.30, and last year, we prayed for Caleb and Jade Disney. And here's a picture that unfolded over the course of this year from the hospital as they got their baby boy, Marshall. Now, now just a little bit about their story. Last year, as they stood on the stage, they had waited for five-plus years and had gone through heartache that most of us couldn't fully understand. And yet, as we prayed, Jesus did what we couldn't. And this summer, they got a phone call, and they got to literally be in the hospital as their son was born. Is that not amazing? And now check out this smile in the next picture. Absolutely love that. So can we praise Jesus for the curses in Disney's? <laughs> so that's why we pray. <laughs> Because when we pray, God does things that are immeasurably more than we could ever imagine. And you know, this whole series, this idea of poured out and, and living a life that's marked by generosity towards and sacrifice for others, it's not just about adoption and foster care, but that is a huge part of it. And in fact, out of our emphasis on adoption and foster care, and just to press pause, if you get tired of hearing about that, sorry. Jesus talked about it. Jesus' followers have always talked about it, so we're going to be about it as a church. So just to apologize up front, but not really apologize because it's going to keep coming. So in the midst of this focus on adoption and foster care, Josh and Julia actually began a ministry called For the One. Other churches have done it. They did tremendous research. And so there's going to be an email address on the screen. If you either are currently adopting or fostering or you're considering that, please send an email. Our team will get you connected with Julia because they want to come alongside you and support you as you follow God's calling on your life. Now, now the heart of Poured Out isn't just that we show up and we hear incredible stories and we're moved emotionally. That's part of it. But the heart is also that we respond, but within the series and also beyond the series. And that's what happened last year for Cameron and Dana Ballou in the midst of this series. See, in late 2017, they began a journey that they never expected to be on. When they got married, they knew that they wanted to be parents, and so they thought they'd just naturally have children, and that wasn't working out. And so they began to think about and consider adoption. And so in the midst of this, there was just frustration after frustration after frustration. And they were initially totally against foster care. I mean, the chance and the thought of, of getting a child that could be removed within two days or just a few days and, and having that child in your home and then gone, that just really didn't sound very good to them. But through this series, through Poured Out, God began to change their hearts, and they began to realize that it's not just about them being parents but it's about loving on these children. And it doesn't matter if it's 24 hours or 24 days or 24 months. They have a chance to love on these children and show them Jesus. And so, as action from this series, Cameron and Dana Ballou became foster parents. Would you please welcome them, Malachi and Abigail up here? Ha <laughs> ha.
oh man, like this is what it's about. Like I just have, oh my goodness, you're awake and you're so cute. Does your thumb taste good? Yeah, I thought so. Can I have five Malachi? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, this is what it means to be a public church. That we show up in gatherings and we respond to a series beyond the gatherings and we choose to pour out our lives. So thank you for exemplifying our vision and we just wanna pray for these precious little ones. Would you join me in praying for them? Jesus, I just thank you so much for Abigail and Malachi. I mean, they're incredible. I thank you for Cameron and Dana. Would you just please continue to provide everything they need? This isn't an easy journey, but it's worth it. And so provide for them. I pray that Abigail would just grow up into a beautiful, incredible lady that loves you and points people to you. That Malachi would just be a man that runs after you, Jesus. And that you would use both of them in ways beyond our imagination. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're adorable. All right, let's give it up for them one more time. (laughs) I love it. You know, adopting and and fostering, look, again, it's not the only thing that poured out is about, but it's just two ways that we can step into this lifestyle of being generous towards and making sacrifices for others. So the goal of this is that we're all invited to generously pour out our resources for a mission bigger than ourselves. And for me personally, I just love the stories of adoption and foster care because this past Wednesday, we actually celebrated my special day, which is the day that my parents, or God put my family together and the day that I was adopted. So here's a picture from 32 years ago and then Wednesday. I think I was pretty cute and a little biased. And my mom literally wears that same shirt every year. Like she's kept it, it's awesome. Every year she wears that shirt. And so here's the thing, the invitation, man, would we (laughs) allow God to lead us to make sacrifices, to lead us towards generosity in such a way that our actions would last so far beyond us? And look, maybe you're here and you don't follow Jesus and you're like, I'm not sure about this whole Jesus thing. Don't we all want to live a generous life? Don't we all know that making sacrifices for others and getting beyond ourselves gives us meaning and purpose? So look, I just invite all of us, wherever you're at with Jesus, man, let's go on this journey. Let's discuss and dive into this whole idea of what it means to be a poured out person and live this life. And let's think about how we could take action just beyond this 1130. And to start us off on our journey, we're going to go to one of Jesus' best friends, and his name is John. So if you have your Bible or Bible app, you can either turn or click over to 1 John chapter 3. So John is one of Jesus' best friends. And so knowing that, it immediately makes me want to listen to him. Immediately makes me want to hear what he has to say. I mean, think about this. When Jesus was on earth, John literally spent time with Jesus and then he watched Jesus die, and then he had breakfast with Jesus on the beach after he rose from the dead. (laughs) Like, just try to think about that for a moment. So I think that John has some insights for us into what it means to be generous towards and sacrificial for others. And so he's gonna begin to share those insights in 1 John chapter three, verse 16. Here's what he says. We know what real love is because Jesus gave his life for us. We'll go back into that. Um, we'll, we'll finish that verse in just a moment. But here's the thing. I believe that a whole lot of us are looking for real love, aren't we? We would, 
just, we're searching for the ability to be loved by someone in such a way that it doesn't matter what we offer them. It doesn't matter what kind of appearance we put on, but someone that would just love us for who we are, the good, bad, and the ugly. We long for that. And John says, if you want real love, let me point you towards the cross because the cross puts real love on display. And and if you dive into the the verbs here, this whole idea of we know, it's actually in the perfect tense. You'll be like, I don't care about verb tense. That doesn't bother me. Here's what that means. John, when he talks about love, he's not writing in abstract terms. He's not talking about some feeling. No, he's talking about an actual event. He's saying, look, in the perfect tense, I'm pointing you towards something that actually happened. Evidence, an event that put real love on display, and that event is the death of Jesus on the cross. So if we want to know real love, we simply need to look towards the cross. So the question becomes, what did Jesus do for us on the cross? Well, this verse lets us know that Jesus gave his life away to offer us life. Now, you may wonder, okay, well, what is, it, what is the life that he offers us? Well, to start our 930 today, Zach Zybert was baptized, and I had the privilege of baptizing him. And, and, and here's a huge part of Zach's story. Zach said, I lived 22 years without Jesus. I'd been taught morals values, and really everything was just fine. But at 22 years old, I had a choice. Am I going to continue on a path where everything's just fine, or am I going to take a risk and follow Jesus and find the more that my heart has always been longing for? And so on November 22nd in Dr. Thompson's office at Lee, Dr. Thompson led Zach to surrender to Jesus, and he began to find the more that only Jesus offers. And here's the, the, the tagline of Zach's story. And if he was standing in front of you, here's what he would say. I've lived without Jesus, I've lived with Jesus, and I'm convinced that your life and my life will be better with Jesus. <laughs> And he got in these waters and got baptized as a public display that he believes that with all of his heart. So this life includes the more that we're after. It includes meaning and satisfaction. But Jesus also gives us life in the form of something that I think a whole lot of us have been chasing for a long time, and that's forgiveness. But no matter what we have done or what we haven't done, Because sometimes we need forgiveness for what we haven't done. So no matter what we have done or haven't done, that we can be forgiven of all our mistakes. Now, that doesn't mean that the consequences go away, but it does mean that we can do something that, that may feel impossible to you right now, that we can move forward, past the guilt, past the shame, and we can get really unstuck through Jesus. And why is all this possible? Because we deserve to die on the cross, but Jesus replaced us. (laughs) You ever thought about it like that? We deserve to die on the cross, but Jesus replaced us. And so he gave his life away to offer us life, and that's what he stands here offering you today. So maybe you walked in and you don't follow Jesus. The beginning of this series could be the starting point of your journey of following Jesus. And for the rest of the series, we're going to talk about what it means to follow him, what it looks like to live a surrendered life, a poured out life. 
But, but that journey and beginning to follow him, it needs a definite start. And today at the 1130 could be your definite start. So if at any point you want to follow him for the first time, you want to surrender, you want that forgiveness and that purpose and satisfaction that he offers, stop listening to me and just start talking to Jesus and just tell him, Jesus, I believe that you died. I believe that you rose again. Would you forgive me? I just, I want to follow you. And you can begin your journey of following Jesus today and begin to step in to this whole idea of a poured out life. So what John does is he tells us what Jesus has done, and then he has some instructions for us. Look at the rest of verse 16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. Here's the rest. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. So Jesus gave his life away to offer us life. So here's what it means if we follow him. I give my life away to offer others life. So look, I'm, I know you may not believe that yet, but could we just read it together in the vein of thinking, okay, I'm at least going to consider this. Ready? Go. I give my life away to offer others life. That Jesus set the pattern for us. And so here's something I read from a scholar about the cross, and I think it's great. It says, the cross is an example to copy and not simply a revelation of love to admire. It's not enough for us just to look on the cross and admire what Jesus did. No, if we're going to follow him, we have to imitate what he did. We have to follow his pattern. And if we really look at the verb tense, again, in this second part of the verse, the, the tense is the aortus, which means what the author's saying, that if you looked at the cross and took a snapshot of the cross, then you would see the fullest display of love in history by looking at that snapshot of the cross. So for us to think about our lives, if I give my life away to offer others life, here's what we have to ask ourselves. Suppose that one of our creative team members followed us around. How long would it take them to get a snapshot of us giving our lives away? They left here with you today, they went to lunch, back to your dorm room, back to your house. It'll be this afternoon, Monday, you go a whole week. I mean, at what point would they be able to get out their camera and take a snapshot of you giving your life away to offer someone else life? If we're really gonna follow Jesus, then we should really have a whole album full of those snapshots. <laughs> and that should just be part of our habits and what we do every single day. To help us think about this, today is Veterans Day. So if you're a veteran, would you just stand so that we can honor you? We can veterans in the house. Could we give it up for our veterans? Thank you, guys. What we're talking about is what you guys signed up to do. That you were willing to give your life away. You put your life on the line so that all of us could have life and have the freedom that we enjoy every single day. So thank you for doing that and setting that example for us. And what all of us are trying to do if we want to follow Jesus is figure out how to have that same mindset in our everyday lives. How do we every single day, in the routine, in the mundane, look for ways to give ourselves away? I mean, the fact is, that Jesus sacrificed. So if we're gonna follow him, we have to as well. And so John begins to get really practical in verse 17. 
17, he says this, if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? So here's what he's saying. He's saying, think about your everyday life. If you see someone in need, and this term money really just means possessions. So suppose you have enough and you see someone that doesn't have enough. It's not enough just to feel compassion. No, John says if we're going to follow Jesus, we must do what? We must show compassion. And so the imagery here that, that, he, that the original audience would have had in their mind is of us walking and seeing someone in need and going, okay, I've got enough. I've got excess. I can give and help you out. But you know what? I see you, and I'm going to turn and go the other way and totally ignore you and act like I never even saw you. So John asked, if we do that, is God's love really in us? That's the opposite of what Jesus did, isn't it? Jesus didn't turn his back on us. No, he died on the cross to reach down for us. And so if we're going to follow him, we have to imitate him. And then he goes on, and in verse 18, he says this. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. I love the first two words, still children. I mean, John is an old man at this point. He's lived a lot, and he's just looking down at us, kind of with the fatherly attitude and saying, look, I've, I've been there. I've seen a lot. Would you just listen? Man, it's not enough to say that we love each other. We've got to demonstrate our love by our actions. College students, you get this maybe better than any of the rest of us. Because when mama texts you and says, I love you, you're thinking, mama, don't tell me. Show me and put some money in the bank account. Come on, mom, I'll check it right now. And for those of us who aren't in college, we're thinking the same thing. We're like, mama, it doesn't matter if I'm 30, 40, or 50. Don't tell me you love me. Put some money in my bank account, mama. I want to see that you love me, right? We want people to demonstrate our love towards us. The question is, will we demonstrate love to them? In other words, to tie in these three verses, we want to receive real love, but are we willing to offer real love back? That's the essence of what John is challenging us with. And again, he's trying to think about our everyday lives. So as a church, here's our role. Our role is to give all of us opportunities to practice. That's why we have teams you can serve on every Sunday. And that's why we have special opportunities for you to practice what it means to be generous towards and sacrificial for others. And as you practice through public church, the goal is then that you begin to develop the habit so that today at home and tomorrow at the office and Tuesday in class and Wednesday when it's almost a fight between you and your spouse, that in those moments we would be able to continue to live a poured out life because we've practiced through the church. So I'd love to just give us two opportunities that we can practice living a poured out life. And I know that these won't apply to all of us, but these are just examples of the ways that you can practice through public church. The first one is really local, and it's called our International Friend Network, IFN. Next Sunday, they're having a Thanksgiving dinner. 
And if you want to come be a part of this Thanksgiving dinner, the heart behind this is that a lot of internationals don't get to experience American holidays, but they would love to. So we get to welcome them and let them bring some of the food from their culture, and we just get to have a big Thanksgiving party with them. So if you want to come, email serve at publicchurch.com. And you may be thinking, okay, so how does this give them life? Well, here's a story. Through IFN, the, the main thing we do is called Conversation Corner. We're almost every Saturday in the annex next door, internationals come just to have an opportunity to talk and just to practice their English. Two of our international friends that are just dear to all our hearts are Esteban and Miriam. They're from Cuba, and they're incredible people. But tragically, a few weeks ago, Miriam was actually hit by a car. And so in the midst of her recovering from this, we received an email from someone who's worked with Miriam through IFN and is one of her friends. And so here's what she said in the email. She said, when I got around Miriam, I realized the enormous amount of language skills that she had acquired through Conversation Corner. Check this out. In the hospital, she was in a groggy state coming out of surgery, but she was able to articulate in English her needs to the nurses, and she was able to answer her nurses' questions. She says, someone who has known Miriam since the day she came to the U.S., this progress is outstanding. That's as practical as it gets, <laughs> that we're able to give away our lives, to literally offer Miriam life in the hospital by giving her the skill of talking to her nurses. That's the practice. And so here's the vision for IFN, and here's how it becomes practice, that, that you don't just show up on, on, uh, for the Thanksgiving dinner, or you don't just show up on Saturday for Conversation Corner, and that's it. But those relationships with people like Esteban and Miriam begin to bleed over, and you get to hang out even outside of these set times, and they just become your everyday life friends. The second example is one that is global. And it's this, last year we had an opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. and work with a partner church, Waterfront Church, and help them pull off a night to shine by the Tim Tebow Foundation. And you may be saying, okay, how is Washington, D.C. global? Check your geography. Look, I get it. Okay, it is in the United States, but that city impacts the whole world. In fact, this church building is located one mile from the Capitol building, and they have congressmen and homeless people, and they are serving them both and inviting people on all ends of that spectrum to follow Jesus. So this church really has global influence because of their location in Washington, D.C. And so last year, we got to go help them with Night to Shine. It's a prom for special needs adults, and it is phenomenal. So here's a video of our time there last year, because we're going back. Check this out. Man, I'm telling you, it was incredible. And the weekend, actually, the, the Night to Shine happens the weekend before Valentine's Day. So the date that we want to go ahead and give to you, so that way you could think about, okay, how can I sacrifice and ask off work and go ahead and arrange my schedule for this, is February 7th through 10th, the weekend before Valentine's Day, because here's Waterfront Church's heart in this. On a weekend that can be lonely for these incredible adults, we want to give them something to smile about and something to post about. And if you go and practice living a poured out life in D.C., like you will never forget that night. It is phenomenal. So if you want to go ahead and reserve your spot on this, you can sign up through our public church app. Again, another opportunity for you to go to D.C., come alongside this church, and practice what it means to be generous towards and sacrificial for others. 
Now, if we were to end this talk right now, here's what a whole lot of us would do. Some of us would get on the app, which by the way, you can do that right now if you want to, and you would sign up for DC. Some of us would come to IFN Thanksgiving dinner next Sunday night or start coming to Conversation Corner. Hopefully, a lot of us would begin to think about how we can apply this in our everyday lives. But as we begin to apply this, as we begin to be more generous and, and make more sacrifices, we get to a point where we're like, man, this is hard. And you probably get mad at me and be like, why didn't you tell me this, how hard this was going to be? And I'm like, in my defense, okay, the example is Jesus and he died. Okay, I'm just saying, like, it's not going to be easy. The word we use is sacrifice, which doesn't mean a walk in the park. I'm just saying, I, did, I warned you, okay? So this is not going to be easy. And it's going to be hard for us to do this. And if we ended right now, we'd walk out of here, and at some point we'd hit a block, and we wouldn't know how to overcome that. So I think the question I want to end with is, is why? Why is it so difficult to live a poured-out life? And I think one of the obstacles, there's many, but one of the big ones is our mindset. That if we walk out of here with the wrong mindset, we can just run into a roadblock that can feel impossible for us to get over. So to help us think about that mindset, I actually brought some coffee. Um, I'm just wondering if anyone this morning would like a cup of coffee to help you make it through the rest of the 1130. We'll start over here. This is French press. I absolutely love it. Anybody want some coffee? Takers? Okay. Hold the cup. I tasted it, and it tastes good. I'm biased, I made it, but I think it tastes good. All right, perfect. It was way too strong in the 930, I made it a little weaker. Anybody want some coffee? All right, can you hold that for him? We'll just pass it on down. If you wanna get a sip, no judgment. Won't say anything. Coffee, can he have some coffee? Oh yeah, Jay, all right. Keep you up all day, we'll just see. No naps today. All right, I got enough for one more. I'm going to bounce over here. Okay. Oh, you brought your own cup. Are you sure? Okay. That's impressive. I, you got to taste this. I, I like it. You can bring your own cup to church, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's preparation. I'll give you a little taste. All right, here you go, Greg. Last cup right here. Mm. There's not a lot, Greg, but it'll just make you want more. Okay, there you go. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I love to share something that I enjoy. Anybody with me? Like, I love French press coffee, and so I want the opportunity to be generous. But I have to confess something. I poured my cup first, okay? Because I wanted to make sure I got some. I mean, I'm just saying, I could tell you it was because I wanted to taste it, and I just wanted mine. I'm just being real with you. And, and here's why. Because this is all I got left. So if I gave away everything, then I wouldn't have enough left for me. I think this is the mindset that trips us up. We have a scarcity mindset. And when it comes to being generous towards and making sacrifices for others, scarcity is a roadblock that we can't get over because we look at what we have and we're like, man, I've got limited resources. I only got a little bit of beans and a little bit of water. So if I give everything away, then two things are going to happen. I'm going to run out and I'm going to burn out. And so it causes us to hold ourselves back. But, but a question for you, since Jesus is the pattern, what percentage did he give? Jesus didn't come to earth and be like, all right, see that cross? 34%. Yep, so I'm giving towards the cross. Okay, guys, it's a good day. I'm kind of liking you guys. I'm going to give 74%. 99.8%. No, Jesus gave 
everything. And that's our pattern, that he gave his life to offer us life. And so why was Jesus able to give everything? Jesus didn't have a scarcity mindset. No, Jesus knew that his Father in heaven had all the resources he could ever need. And look, if I realize that I got all the coffee I could ever need, then what I can do is I don't have to get my cup first. I don't have to be stingy. I will need these back. They don't belong to me, but just go with the illustration. And so it breaks down at some point, okay? But if I realize that I've got this endless supply of coffee, then I'm happy just to give it out and be generous because I'm no longer bound by a scarcity mindset. But we still have a problem. The problem is, if all I've got is beans, I can't make coffee. It's going to be really weird if I'm like, hey, dude, you want to chew on these beans? No, like, I want to offer people coffee. And so I can have all the coffee in the world, but, but... If all I've got is a little bit of water, I still can't make coffee. So here's the other thing that Jesus, I think he would tell us if he was here, is that we have limitless power through his Holy Spirit. And so we may think that this is all we got, but no, Jesus, when we follow him, he puts his spirit inside of us. And that means we have all the water that we could ever want. And you guys can drink this. You don't have to give this back. And we can just keep, oh, oh, sorry, perfect. Nice catch. And so we've got all this water, and we can keep pouring ourselves out because here's the truth. With Jesus, we're never going to run out because he has everything we need. And as long as we depend on and follow the Holy Spirit's leading, we're never going to burn out because he is going to supply us with all the energy and all the direction that we could ever need. But, but there's a problem with this water. It's no good in the bottle. I've got to open it. We sang earlier that the Spirit guides us into truth. What's our source of truth? It's God's Word. If we don't ever open His Word, that would be like me just staring at this water and never open it and never taking a sip. We have access to limitless power through His Holy Spirit. Let's open up the Word of God and drink. And I think the other problem with us transitioning away from scarcity is that I'm holding so tight to this that I can't even realize the limitless resources at my disposal. So would we let go of what we have in order to have all the resources we could ever need and all the power through His Holy Spirit? So as we begin this series, here's the challenge I'd love for us to walk away doing. Let's reject scarcity and choose generosity (laughs) because God has everything we could ever need. And that's why we can live a poured out life. So public worship is gonna come up and we're gonna end our gathering with a couple songs, an opportunity to worship the Jesus who gave his all for us. And so I just wanna challenge every single one of us, myself included, to first off, think about where we're holding on to a scarcity mindset. And let's take a step towards rejecting scarcity and choosing generosity. And then let's think about how today, like this afternoon, this evening, how we can begin to take a step towards a poured out life, how we can begin to live a life of generosity towards and sacrifice for others, knowing that we'll never run out and we'll never burn out.
as long as we're depending on Jesus. Jesus, you are phenomenal. Thank you so much for this incredible opportunity just to dive into what John had to say. And I pray that you would help us to reject scarcity, to recognize that you've got everything we need, so help us just to follow you. And I pray that in these next few moments, you would show us practically how we can begin to be generous towards and sacrifice for others.